This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 11, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. At least we don't have stagflation yet. The 1970s paralleled the 2000s in several ways. So what might those parallels mean for the public's appetite to limit government? John Samples, director of Cato's Center for Representative Government, addresses that and other ideas in his new book, The Struggle to Limit Government. What parallels should we draw between the 2000s and the 1970s? We had recessions bookending it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The decades both started with surpluses going into deficits. Mm -hmm. We had wars, Mm -hmm. uh, an economy that was not particularly strong. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what, What parallel should we draw? Well, the other thing I would say is you had a Republican president uh, through part of the 70s that was in many ways uh, a lot like uh, what one expects Democrats to be. Uh, Richard Nixon, uh, in my book, The Struggle to Limit Government, I see Nixon as a continuation of the Johnson administration. And in many respects, actually, Johnson, uh, Nixon administration was more liberal and more radical in their use of government, I think, than uh, the Johnson administration ever it intended to be. So you have that, and the parallels, I think, between Richard Nixon and George W. Bush are actually quite uh, quite clear. Uh, I would add that Bush uh, continued the, the tendency towards social conservatism that Nixon pioneered as an electoral strategy. Uh, he, he was much, uh, that is, Bush, uh, was much more intense about it, but times had changed too, I think. So I think you've got that. I think the important thing here is, as always with politics, big things like the state of the economy and war are going to be the big issues, and, and that's what you have now. Uh, what is interesting is that you have a president coming into office who I think sees himself as the, th- the third person in uh, continuing the uh, progressive vision for America. Those presidents being FDR and Lyndon Johnson? Franklin Roosevelt and Lyndon Johnson, yes. And uh, uh, President Obama very, and many in his administration saw him in, in that context. There are crucial differences, though, of course, with Johnson. Um, one being that we forget that Johnson... Uh, announced his Great Society program while announcing also tax cuts. So there was uh, no sense that, there was a sense that there was lots of money around at that time, and it was just really a question of how best to spend it. And oddly enough, you know, this view uh, continued well into the Nixon administration, uh, and arguably all the way through until Nixon resigned. There was a sense of lots of money around, and we just need to spend it on things we've been uh, not spending it on. The Tea Party movement was sort of inspired. Uh, People, I think, forget in the waning days of the Bush administration with TARP and um, continued on with the stimulus and just a dramatic increase in, in spending did the 70s reveal anything about uh, the character or of America that about their willingness to pay for a dramatically expanded government? Well, yes, I think so. I mean, in part, there's the context of you're getting expanding government and poor economic performance. That's sort of the context. That's a similar context to today. 
But there's this important point of the ceiling on uh, the share of taxes from national income. Throughout the 60s and much of the 70s, uh, you saw an average of about 19% of uh, national income going to the federal government. Toward the end of that time, uh, you saw in the Carter administration uh, a sharp upward tick in taxes. And plans really down the line, the last Carter budgets look forward to 24% of GDP uh, going to the federal government, that in, way above uh, the ceilings of the past. And, in a, and Ronald Reagan uh, came into office in part because of that. But what you see him do in tax rate cuts is uh, look down the line and, in fact, bring it back to about 19%. The big question here is that 19 to 20% number, is that a number that's a hard ceiling in public opinion? If so, that gives you some insight into the resistance to the Obama administration. We're looking down the line uh, at 26, 27, 28% of GDP on the spending side. And it's true because of the recession, uh, tax receipts are quite low now. But it's certainly imaginable that if you want any kind of fiscal constraints, you're you're looking down the line at 25, 26% of GDP going to the federal government. People anticipate that, and you see what you see before you. It does look like a replay of the 70s, uh, with no Ronald Reagan inside, one has to say. In the Carter administration, what were Republicans doing? What was what was cooking there that, that led to uh, President Reagan's election? One thing that had happened was Reagan had run against Gerald Ford in 76. So you were beginning to see a real electoral conservative renaissance. Uh, from the mid-60s onward, it was assumed by most people in politics, that conservatism was finished, that the Republican Party would be like Nixon's Republican Party, uh, quite a bit like the Democratic Party, except maybe a little more constrained on the budget side. Uh, throughout the Carter administration, and even before that, you saw a struggle within the party. You see some of that now also between a more uh, uh, limited government wing and a, a wing that is more of a managerial uh, liberal wing, really. And, and that still exists uh, today. Um, Reagan's triumph, really, I think, was uh, facilitated by the fact of all these problems during the 1970s. And then he recreated the, uh, and his successes politically recreated the Republican Party for a generation. John Samples is author of the forthcoming Cato book, The Struggle to Limit Government. You'll soon be able to order your copy at cato.org.